Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I have the most sought after, most returned guest on my podcast, Miss Kara Ayala. Thanks for being on the show today. I'm excited to be on here. This is going to be fun. We're going to talk about Who's on your team? Yes. This one's something that we've talked about a lot, but we've had a recent experience that really just reminded us of how important it is of who is on your team. And when you talk about team, there's a lot of different teams you can have, right? So there's like your team within your business, but then there's like the outside team of like, who's helping you achieve the goals that you have in your life? Like who could be on your team? It's interesting because I actually have three recent examples um, that I really want to get into. Um, and they're all in our personal world. Like our, you know, it, within business, there's, there's like different levels, right? So like I have an organization in our manufactured home community, park place communities. We've got a team there. We have an awesome accounting team, but in our own life, we've had a property manager, we've had an accounting person, and we've also had, um, a realtor that we've recently changed. And it's just pretty wild when you realize that it's time to level up your team. Mm -hmm. Should we dive into one of the stories? Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's interesting because I think, you know, we've had this property, uh, it's a commercial property for years, and it's been such a blessing to us. This property probably has been one of our best investments that we've had as as far as personal um, investments. Um, But I feel like the last couple of years, it's kind of become a little bit of a burden and, you know, the state of the economy, you hear just all these like neg- negativity and um, we had somebody move out of it and it's a bigger building. And so it took forever to get somebody back in it. And when we did get somebody in there, it was less than what we had had before. So we were kind of like feeling, and we, we still might, but we were feeling like, oh, we just need to get rid of this property. It's such a pain. And then um, had another tenant in the same building uh, moving out. A different tenant and needing to get somebody else in there. We're contacting our realtor that we've worked with for years and he's telling us that we are going to have to probably drop the price and all of this, all of these things. And I'll let you tell the rest of it, but it's just interesting the things that we're being told. So what does that do for us? It makes, it puts us in a state of, oh, well, this isn't a great property. Like that we're probably, we should probably sell it. We've you know, made good money on it. That put us in that state of this is not probably the best investment. Well, and I, I kind of want to back up and get in the weeds on this a little bit uh, for a second. But what's interesting is commercial buildings are valued based on the rents that come in. And we had an appraisal on this building a couple years ago that was like 1.35 million. So it's it's a it's a decent building. It's always rented well, like you said, it took good care of us. But as those like as you were saying, like as the rents start dropping Mm -hmm. and as tenants start moving out, that really affects the value of your building. And so this particular realtor, um, when he found the tenant, which it's like half of the building, we substantially decreased the rent by like 
maybe 15%. And so literally, if you're going to drop the rents by 15%, your valuation is going to drop by 15%. So I have an appraisal on this building for 1.35 million, but then we drop the value of the commercial rents. And then simultaneously, he's telling us we need to drop the listing price. So he told us that we needed to drop the listing price to like 1150, which this is like the unintended like downward spiral of negativity. And if that's really what the market is, so what I'm not saying here is that, you know, we can just fake whatever the market is, but that's where we were kind of at just to bring it back up to speed and what you were saying, like who you listen to and who you believe is super important because what he was saying wasn't wrong. Yeah. Other than he's dropping the market rents, which then in turn is going to be dropping the value of the building. And so to, to bring it forward, I started looking at all of this and and I started thinking, I'm like, I, I just really started to understand when he wanted us to drop the value of the building. I'm like, I think we needed to get a new realtor here. And so I started asking around, like, who's the best commercial realtor in this market? And two different people told me the same thing. And so I contacted this realtor, said, hey, um, I want, I, we've got this building for sale, but also one coming up for lease. And the new realtor went and looked at this building and she had a tenant literally looking at the building the next day for the space and increased the rent from what's always been like a dollar a foot to like a dollar 40 a foot. And she had at least the next day. And the other guy was telling us we needed to drop the price from like a dollar to like 90 cents a foot, which also, again, at the end of the day, that's going to like obviously decrease the value of the building. But how important is it? that the people that you're listening to know what they're doing because literally not only are we losing, you know, thousands of dollars every month, you stand to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars in just this one building because of somebody that is tired, worn out, doesn't want to work hard, or maybe has old mindsets. I don't know what the problem was. It could have been all of those, but the reality is like who's on your team is so important. Yeah. I think, you know, like it's not even, I think it's just good to evaluate your team like every couple of years because it's not that, you know, the previous realtor wasn't smart or that he hasn't done really, really well in, in real estate um, and been good to us in the past, but is he still on a growth trajectory? Is he still wanting to learn what's happening in the market? Is he still up on trends, right? Like, or she, either one. But I think like that's what's so important when you're hiring people to be a part of your team is making sure that they are in it, you know, like they're part of your team. It's a team effort, right? So are they growing? Are they continuing to grow themselves? Are they wanting to continue to grow in their business or are they slowing down? And I think, you know, when I think about this and I think we have this conversation with a lot of people is in regards to like CPAs and making sure that your tax planner is a tax planner, not just somebody who's going to record your taxes for you, but is actually planning with you and strategic about how you're going to do your taxes. Like we, we have this conversation all day long because people usually hire somebody and they've worked with them since they had their first job and now they have this business and they have this real estate and it's still the same CPA and he's really nice and, but they're not forward thinking and they're not exploring the options for you and actually being a teammate for you. They're just doing the bare minimum of what that, of what's required. And so having the right, like you said, hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like who's on your team matters so much. Yeah. I mean, even talking about CPAs, when we switch to our current CPA, um, and I've talked to so many people 
that I've said, hey, go use this person. They're like, it's $15,000, it's $30,000. They probably saved us $50,000 the first year. Yes, it cost us $15,000 to do the consultation. Yes, the tax returns are more, but literally if you're in the right situation with the right CPA, with the right team member, you're gonna make that up over time. And you know, I, I gave two other circumstances, but I think you have to be careful. Um, it's not only us outgrowing them, but sometimes they outgrow us. That's too. so true. That's so and, true. And so I think you just have to, like you said, I love this. Analyze your team every couple of years because, I mean, we had an accounting person that's been with us for a long time that I think like she's, she's kind of outgrown us in a way and we've outgrown her too. And I'm not talking about like my accounting team at Park Place in our personal world. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. This is interesting because I think when you have the most challenges is when you're a really good client for somebody we're a really good client for this individual. We have been over the years. And so then they tend to just adapt and do things for us that they should probably never be doing. And so as we're outgrowing them, literally, we might be taking people out of their zone of genius and they might still be trying to continue to serve us in air quotations when in reality, we're asking them to do things that are not in their zone of genius. And then you wake up a couple of years later and you're going to wish that you hadn't had them doing it. So, you know, we just hired, we just hired a, a, a bookkeeping VA really to kind of take some of this over. And I mean, the jury's still out on that whole thing too, but sometimes you go from paying, you know, 30,000 a year to 10,000 a year. And I think about this from the, usually in my mind, paying more equates to better. And that's not always the case either. And so I think you just have to like really take inventory on all of the things and kind of just challenge some of our own beliefs around some of this too. And, you know, is it their fault? Is it, are, are they doing bad for us? Or are we actually causing certain people on our team and in our world trouble and, and need to cut that relationship too? Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it's easy to get lazy as entrepreneurs or as not even just as entrepreneurs, but you know, we're always saying like outsource this, outsource that, but then we, we get lazy and, reconnecting with that team member, making sure things are, are important, like things are in line, uh, making sure they still align with us. Like, I think we get lazy and we're so guilty of this. And I think in both of those circumstances, it was like, it was harder, you know, like when you think about like training somebody, when you're, when you, when you first start your business and you're, you're thinking about training somebody and it's like, it's just easier for me to do it than stop and train somebody, which is totally not true because once you train them, then you have years left. Otherwise, you're just going to keep doing that same thing. But I think that happens at a higher level in certain circumstances where it's like it's just it's not that big of a problem for you to attack until it is. Right. Um, but I think, you know, just examining that and and taking ad advantage of those things and and having the conversations earlier rather than later is so valuable and then not being lazy about it. Like, making sure you're having those meetings with them and seeing if things align with them and, and align with you. And I love that you brought up the point of they can outgrow you because you might've been their first customer. And so you got like the golden treatment, but as they start bringing on more customers, they're not going to have the space and time for you unless they're growing their team as well as they're growing themselves, right? So I think, you know, reevaluating that of like, maybe they've outgrown you and they can't give you the time and attention that they used to. And now it's time for you to reevaluate if you need to stay with them or move on to somebody else. I think one of the cha most challenging things for an entrepreneur um, as you're going through that growth scale is like waking up 
Because there's so many things in our business as we grow that we don't know how to do. And we shouldn't, to be honest. Like when you're talking about, you know, staying in the top one, two, three things that are really your zone of genius, you get to a point where you're three years down the road. I think what's really challenging about replacing people when you know you need to is that you don't know what they're currently doing. And so you don't know how to train that next level or it's overwhelming. You know, I don't know how somebody's going to step in. This person's been doing this for three years or five years or 10 years. And you know that it's going to take some work to make that transition. But I think the other side of that argument is, is if you're always leveling up your team, really, I think I was actually just at coffee this morning and I was talking with a guy and he needs somebody on his team to structure debt for him. He's like, I, when I talk to bankers, like they don't like me and I don't like talking to them because I'm like this visionary. And he's like, I feel like they don't understand me. And he's like, I want somebody that can structure this for me. I'm like, Hey, there's this fractional CFO guy that I met and talked to. This is what he does. And he's like, that's a thing. Like there's somebody that can actually do this. He's like, I just, I thought I was gonna have to do this for the rest of my life. And it's like, we just get in these, we get these ideas in our head that because we hate something or because we're not good at it, or because somebody has taken us to a point just because we don't understand it, that there's nobody else out there that can do it better, faster. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. We just have to like, this is why the network is so important too. Um, but also when we get to this point where you've reached kind of like a, a ceiling, whether it's in your own life and your own talents or with somebody on your team, that's the best time to start asking around and really have that network of people that you can just rely on because there is somebody out there that can pick up right where they left off and do a better job. So true. It just feels overwhelming at it's first. So overwhelming. <laughs> but I think, you know, once you once you actually make the move and you start walking through it, um, I think there's like a basic understanding that we need to have of certain areas of our business. I like that you said more certain things we should not even be touching. But, you know, I think basic things, we should have an understanding of it, especially financials and things like that. We should have an understanding and be like, we're the leader, right? Like we're the visionary of the ship. So that's something that we should be checking in with more frequently. And then, you know, just we're specifically talking about like outside team, but then there's that inside team too. Yeah. Did you have another one? Well, it was kind of tied together because we were kind of switching from property manager and bookkeeper, but it was kind of tied together. So yeah, not really. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just so powerful to make sure that you're checking in and seeing who's on your team outside, you know, like lawyers, tax advisors, realtors. Like when you think about outside team, that's the kind of people that I'm thinking brokers, like whatever you're trying to accomplish, making sure that those team members are still serving you and checking in with them. Yeah. It's so important. Or it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you money and it's going to cost you time for sure. Yeah. So, well, it's going to cost you to bring the team on, but it's going to cost you a lot more in the long run if you don't. So it's so true. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.